Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Welcome into this Thursday, December 9th edition of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Brown's Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that's probably served our area since 1880. Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin today. Let me see if I can pick the right microphone. Colin, talk. Talking. Hey, hey! That's one win today already, right? Yeah. There you go, Colin. How are you guys doing today? We're doing good. How you been doing? We haven't really heard from you. Doing all right. This week, been busy getting ready for basketball season starting tomorrow. Basketball season starting tomorrow. Uh, As more updates roll out about that, we'll continue to keep everybody updated. But uh, as St. Albans pulled out of the Musselman mixer for tomorrow due to COVID issues tomorrow and Saturday, so uh, they're looking to find another team to fill that. If not, there may be schedule changes. Yeah, we'll uh, hopefully hear from Steve Campbell. As well as uh, anybody else there with the Musselman program soon. Yep, hopefully we'll keep you updated on our social medias about what games we are, how how the games are being covered tomorrow. Uh, but high school basketball season has been kicking off around the Mountain State. Uh, I believe Spring Mills got it going the other day. Uh, let me find. Let me see if I can find their schedule. I believe they played Millbrook on Wednesday night or Tuesday night. They're one and zero on the season after a victory, uh, a fifty-six forty-nine victory over Millbrook out of Virginia on uh, what was that Tuesday night. So they start the season one and zero. Let's see who else has started the season. Not not all the teams have started the season. I don't believe so. No, I know um, Martinsburg was supposed to next week, but that Tuesday game got canceled. So now they start their season at a. Uh, the tournament down in I South guess, Carolina that you guys get to go to. I don't know if this is accurate. Musselman hasn't started it whenever I was looking. The first one will be during this uh, mixer. Yeah, definitely. But I'm looking on Max Preps. I got to check. Uh, let me just check on the Martinsburg schedule here. But it looks like. Was that a scrimmage? Yeah, it was a scrimmage. Okay. So they uh, Martinsburg boys went up to. Uh, Chambersburg, Pennsylvania, and uh, beat Chambersburg High School 125 to 65 in a scrimmage. Accord- that's according to uh, Max Preps. I don't have the exact 125 number. to 65? That's what it says. Why didn't they oh just goodness. stop the scrimmage? I don't know. <laughs> it's a scrimmage. I don't know. How bad is Chambersburg? <laughs> I get- they're 0 and 2 right now on the season. Or how good is Martinsburg? We'll see. That's the. Oh my goodness. Uh,. Uh, I can't be okay. an accurate score. So, I don't you know if this have? is a scrimmage as well. I'm assuming it's a scrimmage, but it says uh, they were their first game of the season, they lost to Central York 56-42. to 42. But then okay. they lost this game, this scrimmage, 125-65. So, I don't know how Central's usually is. pretty good, so to only lose to them, what did you say, 56-42? Yeah. I don't know. I don't think but they're that bad, But then you lose though. by 60? <laughs> Scrimmage. I, yeah, I don't think Central we'll, we'll have to do some research to that. Yeah, based on <laughs> we'll need to do some research. High school basketball. We'll have to do some research on that, but uh, definitely an interesting thing. I'll have to reach out and see if that was actually the final score of the scrimmage. Uh, but obviously, the high school basketball season is now about to get fully underway. Um, as most teams are getting started this week or next week, 
Uh, it's definitely an exciting time for high school basketball. And uh, from what we, I confirmed earlier with uh, with a source, I like saying that. I confirmed earlier with a source back in West Virginia high school basketball are tip offs. Didn't know that wasn't a thing, but Colin alluded to that this morning, and I texted somebody at uh, and they said that they are back, but they're unsure if handshakes are back. Yeah, the SSAC's rules are just nonsense. It makes I don't I didn't understand the change last year where you can't have an opening tip, but yet you can play defense and be right up in everybody's face. You can still foul. Everything still occurs in a basketball game with contact, but you couldn't stand you know face to face for an opening tip with a referee in the middle of you when you're near them every other point of the game and you could also not shake hands with them they just wanted to make rules to say that they made rules to try to protect people from covid when in reality it doesn't change anything there's your take on it colin am i wrong you're not wrong (laughs) he's the sports doctor the sports doctor you gotta call that's true Mm, i mean i mean (laughs) he gets the insider information right no is that what they say I guess not. No, they don't say that. They, but you don't get the insider information? Who is they? I don't know. Yeah, who is they? Oh, no, that's a good question. Why are we playing the pronoun game? We're not playing the pronoun game, uh, Nick. Uh, but today's going to be a big show uh, at 12.15, so we'll take a break here momentarily. We'll be joined by Grant Paulson of 106.7 The Fan in D.C. He'll talk Washington football team as uh, he used to be the former 106.7 The Fan insider for the Washington football team when they were the Redskins. Uh, get look at all things Washington football team. We talked to him, I believe it was the day before cutdown day in August. I think it was August 23rd we had him on the show. Uh, so excited to have him back. Um, Do you think insider information would count as uh, where the Sean Taylor rally towels are or no? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> we need to, I'm going to have a rant about this uh, later on the show because mine is somehow lost in the mail. It went from the D.C. USPS network all the way down to the Greensboro, North Carolina network, and it was supposed to be delivered Tuesday, and that's where it landed Tuesday afternoon, and now it says it's it's late, but it doesn't have anything. I called them yesterday. At, at least you're getting emails. Hey, I haven't I, got one since November 2nd. Like, hey, thank you for the, buying it. We'll let you know when you get a tracking number and where it's from. Pick it up on the way to Hilton Head. <laughs> Just say, hey, keep it down there. I don't even know where it is, but it says it could, they had to wait until... Uh, I think today after 4 p.m. to say that it it was late or could be missing to file a claim with them. I don't know. But that's a whole debacle in itself. We can get to that later. Uh, But that does it for this first segment. Sponsored in part by Parsons Ford, Kent Parsons Ford, and Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com. We come back. We'll be joined by Grant Paulson of 106.7 The Fan in D.C. That's next on the Sports Mix. Since you know when Got talked into going out with hopes you were staying in. I was feeling like myself for the first time in a long time. With four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states, Parsons is the largest used car and fastest growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords, financing from 0%, Parsons' goal of financing for all, and Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. 
Are you considering selling your home and don't know where to start? Then call Chris Ross and the Milestone Real Estate Group at Keller Williams. A Martinsburg High School graduate, Chris knows the local market, and he's proven it as number one real estate team in West Virginia in 2019. Phone Milestone Real Estate Group at Keller Williams at 304-579-7349 or go to callchrisross.com. Let's celebrate your real estate milestone together. Mayhem is everywhere. I'm in New Bangs, and you can't stop staring at me. That's it. Just tilt the rearview mirror over here. And while you're checking me out more times in a library book, your car is wandering into that lane over there. More bangs? <laughs> Neat. And if you've got cut rate insurance, you could be paying for this yourself. So get Allstate. Call Martinsburg Allstate agent Gary Kelly today at 304-263-4596. Home helpers of the Eastern Panhandle making life easier for you, your family, and especially your loved ones that need their care. They are locally owned and searching for smiling faces to hire so that your loved one can stay in their home where they are the happiest. Call 304-433-8000 or visit homehelpershomecare.com slash panhandle. Or you can visit them at 3192 Winchester Avenue right here in Martinsburg. Each office is independently owned and operated. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and on TV10. We'll now welcome to the program the host of Grant and Danny on 1067 The Fan in DC, Grant Paulson. How are you doing today, Grant? Do we do we have him? Guess we don't have him. Uh I guess the phone line went dead. Uh but it's gonna let me try and get him back here. <laughs> As I'm trying to do this on live radio. <laughs> Like we had him. Through the we phone. did have him. I had spoke to him, and then I, I don't know. The last we had him in the first half. Yeah. Not going to lie. But while we wait for that, uh, I don't know. How's your day going, Nick? It's going well. You know, I didn't get the red memo. Should we do a play-by-play? Hey, we play? got you now, Grant? Yes, I'm here. All right. I don't know what happened there, but uh, we're here now. So we're welcome to the program. Grant Paulson, host of Grant and Danny on 106.7 The Fan in D.C. We'll talk some Washington football team. Obviously, four-game winning streak right now. And uh, it seems like Ron Rivera's teams, they come on later in the second half of the season. Yeah, they absolutely do. And they have for a long, long time. I mean, this is kind of his M.O. going back to Carolina. And this team's starting to take on the identity of some of his successful Panthers teams where – they run the ball, not always for a ton of yards, but efficiently enough to stay on the field and to stay ahead of the sticks and to win time of possession and help the defense. They play really physical smash mouth brand of ball on both sides of the line of scrimmage. And defensively, for a long time, you look back at Carolina, they were fantastic on that side of the ball at, at being stingy and not allowing a ton of yards. And uh, This was the first time in five games against the Raiders that they allowed 300 yards, and Las Vegas needed – you know, their kind of drive at the end there, a little bit of garbage time trying to get into range for a field goal to uh, get over 300 yards. They barely did. So they're playing really well 
for Jack Del Rio, the defensive coordinator. They've changed up their scheme a little bit since Chase Young and Montez Sweat got hurt. They're going run first on offense and letting Taylor Heineke make a play or two here or there and not asking him to do too much and, and hoping he protects the football. And the formula's been working. What do you think, Grant, has been kind of the, I guess, the major scheme? You mentioned the scheme change on defense. What do you think they've done to help the defense be successful? Because at the beginning of the year, that was kind of thought as what would carry this team, and they struggled a little bit. And even with these injuries, they've been able to play actually better now. Yeah, it's it's a great follow-up. I mean, so first of all, the first seven or so, eight games maybe, something like that, uh, they obviously struggled immensely and, and weren't nearly as good as they had to be on defense with this group on offense and, and, you know, a quarterback was trying to find his way to be a winning team. They have become the top five defense that some people thought they were going to be here in this winning streak. That's the level they're playing at. So the way they've done it, I think, is a few things. Number one, they've got Landon Collins playing a position where he can thrive. He's gone from playing deep at safety and helping out in the secondary where there were a lot of miscommunications and breakdowns of plays he was involved in and not involved in. Uh, to now having him in the box where he really is a weapon. And I think he's a, a game-changing presence coming downhill against the run where they've done a better job, against uh, the pass where he's really impressive as a, a blitzer and, and taking on pass protectors, keeping him from getting out in the flat, making catches. Um, he, he's just a better football player. And so he was a former All-Pro. I mean, when you get him playing at a high level, that's going to improve your defense, obviously. So that was one adjustment personnel-wise they made. I think they freed Cam Curl up be a little bit more of a roamer and, and do some more things he wasn't doing early in the year in the secondary. He might be their highest ceiling defensive player as far as you know, their back end goes You know, with their defensive backfield. I think he's a buddy star that probably doesn't get enough conversation as a second round or a second year, seventh round pick. And then the, the last thing I'd say is I think with the injury to Chase Young and to Montez Sweat that those guys suffered, you know, they stopped relying upon their vaunted front of first-round picks to just win matchups and get to the quarterback, and they've started actually being aggressive and mixing some potions, as I like to say, and, and dialing up blitzes in the parking lot. And so I think the plan for Del Rio for Rivera early in the year was, well, Chase is going to win, and Montez Sweat's going to get home, and Allen and Payne and Ioannidis and anybody else like Tim Settle rushing, they're good enough. We don't need to, to send any extra help. And it just wasn't working often enough because they were getting chipped and teams were keeping extra blockers in. And now you're seeing DBs blitz. You're seeing linebackers mug the A-gap and come. Uh, I just think they've gotten more creative, more aggressive, uh, because they know that they just can't ask Casey Tuhill and James Smith-Williams, undrafted and seventh-rounder the last few years, to, to make the type of plays they were counting on before. And I think that that creativity and aggressiveness has really paid off. This week is uh, Dallas week for Washington, and uh, if you go on social media, I know you already saw it. Head coach for the Cowboys, Mike McCarthy, uh, said, we're going to win this game. I'm confident in that, and I see that you've also tweeted out, why would he say that? What do you think the reason is as to why you would say that? Yeah, I mean, the initial reaction a lot of people have had is every coach expects to win every game. Why is this different? And this isn't a story. This isn't a big deal. And I disagree because – his quote that stood out to me was not, you know, I'm confident in my team to win. His quote was, we're going to win. Find me the times this season that coaches before a game have said, we're going to win this game, like full stop. It just doesn't really happen because it'd be used against you as, as bulletin board material 
know, there's a difference between saying I'm confident in my team or I think we're better or I think we can win the game and saying we're going to win the game. I, I think, you know, you could say it's semantics, but I think those are different things. I think there's a reason that if you ask a coach on a Wednesday or a Thursday, hey, are you going to win on Sunday, uh, they're not going to answer that question. So uh, I'm not really sure why he did it. Obviously, he feels really good about his group. I think he's trying to inspire them, you know, a make-me-right kind of move where I'll stick my neck out for you guys. You back it up for me on Sunday. We'll see if it works. I, I wouldn't have done it. You know, to me, I don't punch down. And that's not to say Dallas is decidedly better than Washington, but they're the favorites. They're a couple games better in the division. To me, if, if you're going to be loud and arrogant and, and, you know, talk trash before a big fight, you better be the underdog. You better be the guy that nobody expects to win. You know, if you are the favorite, there's no reason to get involved in all of the, uh, you know, nonsense and all the buildup. I've always kind of felt that way. Just go out and handle your business. So it's an interesting tactic, and we'll see whether or not it matters come Sunday. So we had you on, I believe it was the day before cut day back in August, and we were kind of talking about the the receiver position, had you know a backlog of players there. One player that you kind of signaled would just be there for special teams, and initially he was, was DeAndre Carter, but he's made a huge impact in the receiver role, especially when Curtis Samuel was gone. It's been incredible. Uh, he's actually turned into a, a decent NFL wide receiver, in my opinion, too. Uh, he's a guy that... You know, he's been quality on special teams, obviously. Had a big kick return for a touchdown. and I'm not sure how it's going now, but when the Pro Bowl voting was first published, he was the leader among return men uh, in the NFC Pro Bowl vote. I think people had seen a few of the plays he'd made. Dynamic at times, and certainly a bigger contributor, has been at the receiver position. Without Curtis Samuel, they needed somebody to run some of that jet action, someone to be their motion man. Uh, that they uh, asked to do a lot of things in the backfield as eye candy to dress up some of their runs and occasionally hand the ball to on that jet action, and he's been that guy. On top of that, I think he's a really precise route runner. You've seen him catch touchdowns at one point in three straight games. Uh, he, he seems to be really comfortable running corner routes and catching the ball you know, at an angle over his shoulder. And I think he's only getting more comfortable, but it's been a nice find. You know, Last offseason, this front office did an, a really terrific job, led by Kyle Smith, who's no longer here, at bringing in players that maybe outkicked their coverage, you know, gave more than was expected. I'm thinking about guys like J.D. McKissick, who's now a household name at running back, who was on the scrap heap, or Logan Thomas, who'd never caught 30 balls in a season and, and went on to become one of the better tight ends in the league last year. DeAndre Carter is kind of the best find, I think, of this past offseason. He's been their steal, and he's been a real spark plug for them, who when they've needed a big catch and he's on the field, he's a threat to make it. If it's not going to be Terry McLaurin, there have been games where DeAndre Carter is kind of the next man up in the passing game. Uh, when looking at Taylor Heineke's progression as a quarterback, do you see him as maybe being the future guy for this team? Because heading into the year, I don't think a lot of people thought that, but it seems like he's really came around and is starting to play some really good football for them. Yeah, so I, I'm open to that. You know, I, I certainly wouldn't slam the door and say no at this point. He, he's earned at least the conversation. He's earned what I'll say is being in the mix. I have my doubts, and I would certainly like to do better. Uh, I think he's got physical limitations that are going to bother me. If we're talking about a QB1 for an extended period of time, a franchise quarterback, his arm strength, as an example, is is below league average. And I think there's a couple throws here and there every game where maybe if he had a little bit stronger arm, you, 
you complete the pass and he's not able to. I'll say that the game he played against the Carolina Panthers was incredible, and it kind of made me more of a believer than I'd been at any point. I, I thought it was just marvelous, and it was as good a quarterback game as we've seen here in a long, long time. Um, he has had some gems. I mean, he was terrific in the win on the road in Atlanta. I thought he was really sharp for the most part in, the, in a home win early in the season on Thursday night against the Giants. Uh, he's he's played at this point about as many really good games as he has, you know, bad games. And so the, you know you want him to be more consistent. And on this winning streak, I think you've seen some of that. But there's been a little bit of luck too. I, I think a lot of people watch the games or, or look at the stat line and they say, "Well, man, he had two touchdowns and only the one pick." Well, the pick was actually probably not much of his fault. He got hit in the arm as he was throwing. Uh, but he had two other passes that could have been intercepted. He almost threw a pick six right before their game-winning field goal that would have ended the game if the Raiders just caught a football that hit him in the hand. So there are some things like that that worry me a little bit that don't always show up in the box. But I, I think he does a lot of things that you're looking for really well. He's a leader. Players rally around him. Uh, he can run this offense. He's nimble in the pocket, moving around to help the offensive line avoid sacks. He's a, a, a lethal option and a real weapon when he gets out of the pocket, extending plays and occasionally scrambling for first downs. We've seen him rush for 95 yards in a game at Lambeau Field this year. So all of those things make him enticing, uh, and he seems to be improving, which is a great sign. So I, I'm not going to say definitively no. If you're asking me right now this second, I probably still would be in the market to try to go get an upgrade who's a you know a top 10 to 15 quarterback in the league. But uh, he's gone from me thinking he was a backup at the start of the year to me thinking he can start in this league on a second division team. And now you're trying to figure out if he can start on a first division team that, that's you know trying to win a championship and, and really compete in the playoffs. I agree. And as uh, we mentioned earlier, this is Dallas week. It's the start of the NFC gauntlet five straight games for Washington sitting at six and six right now at that sixth spot for the playoffs if it started today do you think that they can hang on stay in a wild card spot maybe even jump and win the division over Dallas or do you think with this gauntlet it might just be too much for them to handle and they slip away and vanish like Washington has done so many times if they beat Dallas this weekend it'll be the first time I think that I, I actually expect that they may win the division uh I would pick Dallas on Sunday, but if Washington is able to knock them off at home, I will feel like this is actually happening. They're going to win the NFC East. Uh, it would be a really amazing win for them, and it would it would pull them within a game still playing Dallas again. Uh, they've got a you know easy schedule is, is relative, right, because you play the Cowboys two times. I think those are difficult games where you're going to be an underdog, but winnable games if you play really well. Uh, the Cowboys right now are not the Cowboys team of September and October that had one loss through six or seven weeks. Uh, they play the Eagles two times. I think they're about even with the Eagles. That's to me, is the one team that could catch them in the wild card. If you're to lose to Dallas and then lose next week to Philly, uh, at that point I think they'd be on the outside looking in and the Eagles would be in for the moment. Uh, so that's the one kind of team that scares you. But at this second, I, I think they get in as a wild card. I, th- I think they have really friendly tiebreaker metrics. And I don't see a collapse coming. I think they found an identity and a formula that's going to play for them in the coming weeks. Uh, even if you lose to Dallas, you split with Philadelphia, uh, you get the game over the Giants. You know, I, if you can get one of the games against Dallas later, I think you're in a good spot. So 
They've really set themselves up nicely, not only by winning four straight games, but more importantly, they're getting a ton of help. I mean, you guys have seen this, right, fellas? Like, every time you watch a yeah. game, you go, well, we need this team to lose if, if we're rooting for Washington as a fan here. They do. I mean, over and over and over and over again. It's, it's happening like 18 of the last 20 games, basically what the football team needed has happened, numbers approximate. So uh, I, I would not be surprised at all. If they beat Dallas, if they win the division, but I'm still thinking wild card is more likely. So a few more questions before we get you out here. You look at the what the running game has been able to do the last couple of weeks, and it's kind of crazy looking at it because you got a whole patchwork offensive line out there. Yeah, the running game has been super impressive. Uh, the, the injuries to the offensive line just haven't mattered. Um, I think part of the reason why is – they, if you if you notice, like it's it's not like their running game has been dynamic. They're not ripping off long runs. They're not averaging a ton of yards per carry. Just as an example, Antonio Gibson is not even averaging four yards per carry this year. He's been their bell cow here, getting twenty three and twenty eight and twenty five. I mean, that's about where he's been. That's been the sweet spot in the last month. They're really running him into the ground here, um, but. It's not coming in 150-yard games. Like he, he had 27 carries before he got over 100 against Seattle on Monday Night Football. It's been two yards here, three yards here, just enough that you know they've been able to convert on some third downs and stay on the field. Now, to me, that's the whole key. Like everyone's talking about the running game, and don't get me wrong, it's it's been awesome that they've committed to it. But the only reason this has worked offensively to have the time of possession they've had is that they've been exceptional at picking up third downs. And the, the good news is that they're normally in third and medium, like right around third and five, third and six, at most third and seven. And they've been able to move the sticks with some huge plays by Heineke, some big plays by the receivers. From a team standpoint, the reason this is working is the defense. Um, now, the, the running game will help keep the defense fresher, but they've also been great on third down to keep themselves fresh, too. And they've allowed 15 points the last two weeks. So. It's not like they're, you know, offensively they've found something where they're now elite. They've scored 17 back-to-back weeks. That's normally a losing total. But their defense has just been so competent and has played at a quality the likes of which that's enough. You know, back-to-back games where they've given up a combined 30 points. So I think the story is, number one, their defense. Number two, probably the run game or the commitment to it. And then number three, third down conversions on offense. Are you surprised, Grant, that Antonio Gibson's been able to handle this kind of workload? Because coming out of college, he was known more as just a receiving back, but he's over 200 carries on the season and, like you said, getting like 20-plus carries a game. I'm not necessarily surprised. I'm more surprised that they're going to him this often than I am that he can withstand it. I mean, the first time I saw him, like my delusions of him being, you know, a college-wide receiver trying to play running back were over. I mean, he's, just, he's not built like that. You guys you know what he looks like. He's big, he's thick, he's physical, he's a thumper. In fact, when Adrian Peterson got released during training camp last year, uh, the day he got cut, he called into my show in D.C., uh, Grant and Danny on the fan, and he said at that time, you guys are going to be really blown away by like how Antonio Gibson runs. He's not – like we were thinking it would be like a Dexter McCluster thing or even more like a J.D. McKissick thing. He's like, that is not what this, this guy's a running back. He's a between the tackles, like physical guy. And when you see him, he's got a body that looks like he can take on some of that punishment. So I'm not particularly surprised that, that he's able to. I, I'm a little bit surprised 
that Scott Turner is committed to it, that, that uh, you know, that they haven't divvied up the workload a little bit more with Jarrett Patterson or J.D. McKissick before he got hurt. Um, you know, if you're going to run the ball 32 times, just as an example, I would have thought, you know, maybe 18 of them, 17 of them go to Gibson and, you know, seven or eight of them go to McKissick and the rest go to Patterson. But they've really just kind of ridden him. And it's worked for the most part. And he's holding on to the football over these last few weeks, which was the one bugaboo he had to correct. And this is Grant Paulson of 106.7 The Fan in D.C., our guest here on the Sports Mix. And the question that I have for you, Grant, kind of a curveball since you're not fully part of the uh, Washington organization, but you have any insider information about the Sean Taylor rally towels? Because if you've seen on social media a lot of debacle about when they're supposed to show up or they're randomly showing up some people are getting tracking numbers myself i have not received an email since november 2nd spencer's is somehow lost in the mail do you have a rally towel per chance (laughs) i have not gotten a rally towel in the mail Uh, i went to the game as a member of the media you know what actually that that was the chiefs game so i was in studio in bethesda doing a pre and post for nbc sports washington so i didn't even make it to the game that day Uh, my wife's a season ticket holder so she went into the game and, and was in early enough, I think, that she did get one. But uh, I haven't heard a word about that. That's actually really surprising and news to me uh, that people aren't getting them. I, I mean, is that what is the team saying? I, I haven't heard. I would assume they would – I mean, I think a lot of things aren't showing up, right? Shipping is, is an issue all over the country. Is that kind of what they're blaming it on? I, 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 don't I don't know. I, I haven't heard. heard. Yeah. I haven't received an email from it since uh, November 2nd the last one I looked when they said thank you for uh, purchasing it. We did like 40000 or so, and it will all go to uh, the foundation, and that uh, it was being processed and everything, and I haven't heard anything since. Yours is just going to wow. randomly show up. Probably. Mine's going to be lost yes. in the mail. Yours is randomly going to show up. All right, Grant, one more question here, kind of a serious question, and then we'll get you out of here on this one. Uh, obviously, losing Hudson for the season is huge. Uh, when it comes to not only uh, on defense but special teams, he plays a pretty big role special teams-wise. But not only that, you're looking at the linebacker position right now, looking at the injury report for this week. Both Landon Collins and Jamin Davis have not practiced or didn't practice yesterday. So obviously that's got to be a little bit of a concern. Huge concern. Jamin Davis, at least when the media was at practice this morning, uh, did – some work with the linebackers. Now that may end up being that he's limited because he just does some individual drills and and some uh, position work. But hopefully he trends toward playing. That's huge for them. Not not that he's been an impact performer, but as you said, they're just thin in their linebacking ranks. Uh, they do have a couple of lesser known practice squad slash you know bench players who've come over from Carolina with Ron Rivera who they could tap into, who know the scheme. But they're not going to have the the speed that Jamin Davis has that he occasionally shows off. He made a real nice play uh, this past weekend on, I think it was a screen to a former uh, Washington footballer, uh, Peyton Barber, uh, made a real nice stop to save a first down and maybe more on and a late drive by the Raiders when they took the lead on their field goal. So you want that talent. I mean, you drafted the guy 19 because he's got some physical traits and tools that you haven't fully tapped into yet. Uh, you need him on the field. But, you know, not having Collins didn't kill him last week. But, again, he's been so good for them that that's going to add up. And I would also just add the Raiders, not to knock them, but from a sheer talent standpoint on offense, 
without Darren Waller, like, they're not that scary. I mean, Hunter Renfro is kind of who their offense went through. He's an undersized and a shifty, diminutive slot receiver. They didn't have much else going. Like, the Cowboys are a different animal, right? They got C.D. Lamb and, and Amari Cooper and uh, Michael Gallup, a, a trio of super wide receivers who could all go for 1,000 yards in any given season. They've got a two-headed monster in the backfield, which isn't running like it right now because Ezekiel Elliott's hurt. But Tony Pollard is playing really well. Um, so they're just weapons in this offense. they got a, a quarterback in Dak Prescott who's one of the best in football when he's going right. So you need your defensive stalwarts on the field probably more in a game like this than you would have one week ago against Vegas. All right, Grant Paulson, our guest. And if you're in the D.C. area driving around, tune in today. He's giving away John Allen's tickets at 2 p.m. to the game on Sunday. I wish I was going to that game. It's on my birthday. Uh, but thanks for joining us, Grant. Yeah, just to let people know, John Allen uh, hit us up and uh, he, he purchased some tickets. He wants Washington fans to be at the game, and he, he knows that some can't you know, afford it or, or go. So uh, he wants us to find a good home for a bunch of the tickets that he bought. So we'll be giving them away on the show today and tomorrow starting at 2 p.m. There you go. Grant Paulson, our guest. Thanks for joining us, Grant. You got it. Grant Paulson, 106.7 The Fan, D.C., host of Grant and Danny, Monday through Fridays, 2 to 6.30 on The Fan in D.C. Uh, ends the segment. And we'll segment sponsored in part by Orsini's Home Store. Not just an appliance store any longer, cabinets and designer bedding. Outdoor living, it's family owned and operated, located at 360 Hack Wilson Way in Martinsburg. When we come back, we'll talk basketball. Two big wins for uh, two teams that we usually air here on Talk Radio WRNR. And then we'll close out the show talking a little fantasy football. Now we got Colin back in the building. That's next on the Sports Mix. This is Lauren from Orsini's right here in Martinsburg. Grilling is not just for the boys. We are a platinum Traeger dealer carrying the Pro Series all the way up to the Timberline Series. We have every flavor of wood pellets along with accessories, rubs, sauces. Not just Traeger, we carry Utz, Meat Church, Lanes, and Dizzy Pig. We also carry a full line of Yeti products. Orsini's has everything to complete your backyard. Visit us at 360 Hack Wilson Way. Or at Orsini's.com. A DUI arrest can have a devastating impact on one's life, your job, your driver's license, and in some cases, your very freedom. My name is Harley Wagner. I own and operate West Virginia's only exclusive DUI defense firm. Since 1999, I've been representing citizens throughout the Eastern Panhandle and state of West Virginia charged with DUI. Let my years of training and experience work for you. The initial consultation is free at the Wagner Law Firm in Martinsburg. Phone 304-901-7400 or online at West Virginia. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire? Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Freddy, when you need justice. 
If you or someone you know suffers from the disease of addiction, help is available from the Berkeley County Quick Response Team with peer recovery coaches and support promptly to the homes of those who've recently experienced an overdose. This collective effort towards recovery brings resources and services to the community, including naloxone and treatment options. Call 304-267-1313 or visit the Berkeley County Recovery Resource Center, 400 West Stephen Street, Martinsburg. The Berkeley County Quick Response Team is funded through a DHHR grant with the Berkeley Morgan County Health Department. Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix. I was trying to pull something real fast. I, no, I thought you were just too busy jamming out. That you no, no, that. no, no, no. There's still a bunch of time left, but I wanted to play this. 56-53, Connecticut has the full length of the floor to go. R.J. Cole inbounds to Whaley. Back to Cole. Cole over midcourt. Cole pulls up for a three in the tie. No good. Rebound! Kerrigan, it's over! their first signature victory of the season a 56 53 thriller over the university of connecticut huskies and it is a great night to be a mountaineer wherever you may be was it a great night for you colin yeah it was a stressful one because west virginia still can't make free throws to save they still their pulled lives. out the win they still pulled out the win but they struggled and, in my opinion, kind of got lucky. Uh, yeah, I clicked over to it in the first half while I was uh, just channel surfing, I guess you could say, just watching a bunch of different games that were on. That's what I tend to do uh, when the Wizards are losing and I'm watching them. Uh, I just kind of go through all the games that are on, whether it's college or you know professional leagues. You gave up on them last night? No, I just switch around. I don't want to watch a team losing by 10. Well, they won. Uh, but we'll get to that in a, in a moment, Nick. You spoiled it there. I was going to get back to people know how West now. Virginia was kind of lucky. I, I, yeah, I was going to give you some stats, talk a little bit about it. That's what I was going to say. Free throws, 12 from 27, so 44.4%. That is a disaster. You're not going to win many games shooting the ball like that. And the defense, they're fine, but I guess give them a little bit of credit to – Stopping UConn there late in the game, I believe that they were on like a four or five minute scoring drought, and that's kind of what helped West Virginia get in the lead and keep it as long as it could. And eventually they made free throws when it needed and got some rebounds when they needed it as well. But they were still out-rebounded 35-31, which is something that you rarely see in a West Virginia Mountaineer basketball team under Bob Huggins. But for some reason this season, they've been out-rebounded in almost every single game except for, I believe, one or two. It's still early in the season, but when you get to that Big 12 play, each and every game is a battle, and you cannot have things like that happening in Big 12 conference play if you want to be a top team in which West Virginia needs to be. Also, not the best scoring night for uh, for the Mountaineers. 
only, excuse me, two guys over double figures, uh, 23 for Taz Sherman and 16 for Sean McNeil. Uh, yeah, 39 of the Jalen Bridges, points. three points. Isaiah Cottrell, uh, two points. Kadrian Johnson only had one point. Uh, you know, just not a great shooting night. No, but I guess it helps since UConn didn't have a great shooting night either. Yeah, so. but I mean, I feel like that, as as Caridi said on the end of his call, signature win. That team came into the game ranked fifteenth. Yep. In the in from the AP poll, so any win this early in the season when you're facing a tough opponent is, is really good because you know we talked Nick and I talked about on the show yesterday opponents that they kind of really face that even would calculate as good opponents would be Pitt, Marquette, Clemson, and then this Connecticut game so far. I agree. Because you look at the other teams they played, Oakland, uh, Elon, Eastern Kentucky, Bellarmine, and Radford. Like, they're just not, you know, top-tier programs that you get a big win over. And I really don't think the rest of non-conference schedule that they have really a big game. Because well, I, I until think, the SEC Big Twelve Challenge when they play Arkansas, yeah, but that's not until the middle of. Yeah, the, I was about to say the rest that's of in the middle of conference. Easy. Play. That's what I'm saying. So they're probably going to end up. They got three the games. January. They have four games le- or three games left in non-conference play. They'll probably finish non-conference play eleven and one overall. Well, technically, Arkansas will still be a non-conference. I'm talking about finished the Jan- first till part, January. Yeah. yeah, because January is when you get your first game there on uh, New Year's Day at Texas. That should be a tough one. We'll see how uh, Texas fares tonight because I feel like they get their uh, first test of the year against Seton Hall tonight. So that should be interesting to see how the Longhorns fare if they're truly a uh, top 10 team in the nation like the rankings have them at right now at 7th. But, yeah, I, I agree with you, Spencer. Well, they played saying. Gonzaga. So they've had a test. They lost, though. Yeah. But I, I'm just saying I think, like, uh, it's – going to be kind of an easy win and uh something that kind of got lost in the shuffle that was uh bob huggins 100th career win against nationally ranked opponents 99 of those coming against teams ranked wait what doesn't make sense wednesday night's 56 to 53 victory over 15th ranked connecticut was bob huggins 100th career victory over against nationally ranked teams 99 of those teams coming against ranked teams in the Associated Press Top 25. So I guess they were in a different 20. They were in the coaches' poll, maybe. Yeah, um, But, I mean, that's a big that's a big thing to hold your hat on, 100 wins over ranked teams. That's that's really good. Uh, but I believe it's his 908th overall, so he's getting closer to the record. Uh, well, I don't know if he'll get to that. Uh, yeah. Coach K kind of probably has that solidified, but we'll see. Uh, another team that got a win last night, I was just talking about them. They were losing, I think it was a double-digit dif- uh, difference at one point in the co- in the second quarter of the game uh, was the Washington Wizards. They came out 119-113 victors in overtime. And here's Kyle Kuzma's corner three that gave him the lead and eventual win with, I believe, 0.6 seconds left on the clock. 
in the center circle. Bradley Beal. Hamadou Diallo is the edge of the circle waiting for him. Beal cuts to his left. Five seconds. Gafford, right elbow. Left wing Dinwiddie. Left corner. Kuzma for three. It's there! It's there! It's there! 119-116. Wizards with the lead with six tenths of a second left. Somebody warm up that bus. Somebody warm up that bus. <laughs> Love that call from Dave Johnson there on the Wizards Radio Network. Uh, they finally snapped that three-game losing streak. Uh, they improved a 15-11 on the year. Kyle Kuzma's three. Uh, clutch, he scored 22 of his 26 points in the second half. So, obviously got really hot there after only scoring four points in the first half. They struggled early, trailed by 11. I said double digits by the through the second quarter. Wizards struggled to close as they built a 103-90 lead with under seven left to be outscored 16-3 to the rest of the way. Uh, they're back in action Saturday night when they host the Jazz at 7 p.m. at Capital One Arena. Uh, Nick, kind of the resident Wizards fan here. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on the victory and kind of getting out of that losing skid? Oh, win's a win, but against a four-win Detroit team, you'd like to see them win by more than three and obviously kind of falling apart there toward the end. I do think there are some positives. Bradley Beal's been really playing well the last few games, which I said uh, you know, they needed more out of him because he is the leader. They need him to get his normal numbers, and he's starting to shoot the ball much better from the floor, so that's helping them. Uh, Kuzma having a good game. Anytime he plays well, it seems like this team plays well, so um you know those are some positives from the game but obviously kind of struggling against a four-win detroit pistons team allowing them to shoot 54 percent from three uh kept this game close and also kind of blowing that lead there toward the end um not great but still getting good bench production which has been a solid point all year and again back in the win column it will be good for washington because we talked about it they'll have Several big challenges out of the Western Conference, even in the East, uh, with the Jazz, Nuggets, Suns, Jazz again, and the Nets coming up on the schedule. Yeah, definitely, it should be a good, uh, good test for them as they continue to, uh, you know, kind of do, kind of have a better season under first-year head coach. Uh, What's his name? Wes Unsell Jr. Unsell Jr. I don't know why I was blanking. It just wasn't in my head. Like I I knew it, but I didn't know it. Uh, We got to pay the bills last time in this show. So it's sponsored in part by Hagerstown Ford. Revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online. They'll deliver it to you. If you don't like it, they'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com Hagerstown for more. We come back. We'll wrap up the show talking fantasy football. we kind of been waiting for Colin to get back in here to talk some fantasy. That's next on the Sports Mix as we close it out. This is Eric at Hagerstown Ford. Over the last decade, the way we buy things have evolved. Now, you get on your phone, click Want It, and it shows up at your front door. At Hagerstown Ford, it is that convenient. We've changed the car buying experience on the I-81 corridor forever. And with a return policy better than Walmart, there's absolutely no reason to buy a newer used car, truck, or SUV anywhere else. Just like Amazon, Hagerstown Ford will deliver the vehicle to you, where you are, and on your time. And if you don't want it, return it, no questions asked. Why waste your time at a car dealership playing the dumb back-and-forth games? Besides, we hate it more than you do. I assure you, no dealership from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C. will beat our price. No dealership from Chambersburg, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland will beat our price. And no other dealership will allow you to return it if you don't want it. Hagerstown Ford absolutely provides the best experience at the best price. Visit HagerstownFord.com to schedule your VIP experience. 
Click on the vehicle you want and get your new ride delivered to you at no risk. See dealer for details. The WVU Medicine Children's Neonatal Intensive Care Unit at Berkeley Medical Center recently received a Level 3 designation from the West Virginia Healthcare Authority. This award is based on quality assurance measures, including specialty trained staff, equipment, specialty services, and facility layout and location. Whether patients deliver at Berkeley Medical Center or Jefferson Medical Center, specialized care for babies born with low birth weight, prematurity, and those recovering from serious conditions is available close to home. WVU Medicine, leading healthcare here and everywhere. Conveniently located at 440 Williamsport Pike in Martinsburg, Sunset Car Wash's staff specializes in keeping your car clean. From our famous three-minute cloth wash to our touchless automatic and six self-serve bays, we offer whatever preference you have for your car wash needs. If your vehicle could talk, it would say, take me to Sunset Car Wash. At Sunset Car Wash at 440 Williamsport Pike in Martinsburg. Locally owned and operated. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV10. Welcome back to this final segment of the Sports Mix for your December 9th, 2021. Segment sponsored in part by the Marius Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Philly McCoy. Call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304-263-4343. You can stop by their offices there at 1270 Winchester Avenue in Martinsburg. We'll close out the show talking fantasy football. We kind of did it a little bit back, you know, a couple weeks ago, a month or so ago. We've done it kind of on and off at times just because of other pressing things. People really don't care about our fantasy football. They but, but they might care but about might. who to play. Yeah. And want to hear who we're going to play and see if they should play them as well, if they have similar guys. Yeah. So, Colin, you had a question. My question was, Amari Cooper against Washington this week for Dallas, projected to get 14 points, but he has been struggling lately looking at it so far this season, trying to pull up. He's busted four out of the ten games and only boomed two out of the ten games, so... Busted obviously means he was below his projection. Boom means he's over his projection. So right now I have him just staying on the bench, and I'm going to leave Tyler Lockett in, who would be probably the guy that I uh, might sub if I switch it out. But the Seahawks are playing Houston, who is an absolute disaster this year, ranked, I believe, 20th defensive-wise. So what do you guys think? Well, I have to play Tyler Lockett. Because I have Devontae Smith and Debo Samuel, Samuel, Debo Samuel hurt Eagles on the bye this week. Uh, I mean, it's against Houston. You should probably add Lockett out there. And that's what I'm thinking, and I feel like Russell Wilson has gotten better the past couple games. Another thing that plays into Cooper this week, and it played a factor last week, was him coming off of COVID. He was still struggling to, I guess, be 100%. So uh, I don't know if that will be a huge deal this week. He did have 10 days to prepare and get hopefully back to 100%. Um, but and I'm also I think super, Lockett's a safer play. I'm also super so biased, and I don't want Cooper to do well right. this week since he's playing Washington. So, so. you're not, you're not going to want to root for him, too. I think that sometimes plays a yeah. factor in my psyche of fantasy football. So don't play Amari Cooper this week. So I, uh, I, had, to, to. I had to make a pickup because 
I can't remember what kicker I had, but he just stunk. So I picked up Daniel Carlson out of well, nowhere. I have him. He just got signed. He to just a big got signed contract. to a four-year extension. Like, what the heck? I just, That's uh, crazy. I picked up Brian Johnson, Washington's new kicker. My team is. Not I like how I kind of pranked you earlier. <laughs> And you yeah, really no, thought you, it was real? I was like... About Brian Johnson? Well, that's because um, I have I got a question here. So many Patrick injuries. Mahomes against the, against Vegas? No. Yeah, against Vegas. Or Tom Brady against Buffalo? Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Buffalo's got a really good defense. Buffalo does. Is it at Buffalo? Is, are we going to see 40-mile-hour wins It's at Tampa. Again? Brady plays well at home. I, I'd go Mahomes. That's what I, I was thinking. Know, the fact that you have both of those quarterbacks is a tough... I also have Tyreek Hill. So you get those I double points. Yeah. yeah. You gotta uh, but I do have Stefan Diggs, so he's in my uh my You team guys still in playoff spots? I'm not. No. I, I, I had all know. these injuries. Right. I had Kamara get hurt. I'm currently Andres. six I'm currently I sixth so in the league. I think too, we have two more weeks left. Uh so it's if gonna I be score like three hundred points and beat my opponent like three hundred to ten, I gotta I'm at chance. the third. If I win, I'm in. There yeah, I don't know. I don't know how many weeks we have left. I guess I'm playing we my have dad too. Three? No, we have one more rivalry. We have one more week. I can't remember how many people get in, but that does it for this edition of the Sports Mix. Thanks to Grant Paulson for coming on, chatting with us for a long while. For Colin McLaughlin, Nick Verzlini, I'm Spencer Dupuis saying so long, and we'll talk to you tomorrow on Friday's edition of the Sports Mix. Mm-hmm.